and Lisa of Two Sober Chicks, part of the dynamic duo known as Julie and Lisa. And this is our speaker series edition of the podcast. And today we're listening to Alia, who joins us from AA Solution Seekers. Good morning, everyone. My name is Alia. I am an alcoholic. My sobriety dates July 25th of 2022. Um, So I have uh, a year and almost three months, two months uh, of a beautiful recovery, um, which I'm very grateful for. Um, in the book, it says uh, that we we say in a general way what happened um, or what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. Um, so I'm going to be doing that for you guys about my life this morning. Um, and it also says in the big book, um, it says each individual describes in his own language and from his own point of view, the way he established his relationship with God. God is, um, is the journey for me. So I'll be sharing on him as well. Um, I have, um, I'm pretty new in, in, in recovery. So I've only told my story. I think this is the third time, fourth time, maybe. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to trying to focus on the solution. So I'd like to say a prayer, if you guys don't mind. Um, God, you are the source of truth. And uh, please allow me to speak nothing but the truth um, in hopes that uh, I can help those who um, who are in need this morning. All right. Um, So my story, um, story, it's, it's kind of funny that we tell a story, you know, it's kind of from our point of view, what happened, you know, uh, and although I try only to speak the truth, um, when I was a kid, I saw things really different than I do now as an adult. Um, we moved around a lot when I was, when I was young, um, we were, I was born in Oklahoma and, uh, I was blessed to have both of my parents, uh, in my life. And, uh, and I still do to this day, you know, my mother was a, a very nurturing and loving mom. And although she had to work a lot when I was little, uh, I would just be so sad anytime she was gone. Um, we had our own business um, as a, growing up, and we still have it to this day. And um, it's, it's a blessing. But when I was little, I thought it was a curse. You know, I thought the business comes first and I'm not as important. And you know, I told myself all of these, um, all of these uh, untruths, you know, uh, my father, he was, he was um, a businessman, like I said, but um, he he also loved us in his own way. He was very, I thought he was very cold when I was little. Um, he drank and uh, I just remember him uh, either sleeping on the couch or, or, or being out working uh, one or the other. And um you know, he would get, my parents would argue uh, and fight a bit when I was little. And um, I used to be scared of my dad, you know, as I used to think I better not ruffle his feathers or I'd better tiptoe, um, you know, and do everything I can to please him so that he doesn't, you know, yell at me like that or hit me like that. So, uh, and he never did. Um, he was, I, I, um, I learned how to people please at a young age, you know, um, and I flourished at it in school. I was a, a teacher's pet, you know. I wanted to make 
I wanted to please the teacher and I wanted to do good in school. Um, I was the type of student who, who loved learning and I still do to this day. Um, but I especially liked school. It gave me an opportunity. It gave me structure uh, and a routine actually. And at home, I didn't really have a lot of that. Uh, we were, my parents worked a lot and we were kind of, um, we had a loose structure at home. It was me and my brother and my sister. Uh, my sister is nine years older, so she was the babysitter. <laughs> um, she would watch us um, and she still looks after me to this day. She's my best friend. Uh, my brother is three years older than me and I, I was the type of sister who was always going through his stuff. I wanted to know everything about him. I idolized him. Um, and uh, to this day, I still look up to him and respect him. And um, thanks to this program, I'm able to have these relationships. Um, I, um, throughout school, I, um, I pursued art and, um, and I did uh, um, programs in high school for it that were demanding. And, um, but uh, outside of high school, um, I started, I, I started uh, making friends and uh, growing up, moving around a lot. It was difficult to make and keep friends. Um, and um, it, I wasn't, I didn't, didn't make friends very easily. You know, I was, um, I had a lot of bullies in school. Um, you know, I, I had an, I, I had tangly hair and clothes weren't always clean. You know, my parents worked a lot. So I would get bullied a lot about smelling or, oh, your hair, look at it. I didn't sit when brush it. I remember um, kind of feeling a lot of, uh, internalizing a lot of kind of a shame, you know, about myself. And I would want to deflect all the attention off of me as much as I could. Uh, that's, um, but when it came to school, I shined, you know, I let my mind do the uh, shining for me. And um, that's where I kind of started instilling confidence and um, when I, when I started making friends, um, I kept them when, once we got to high school, we stopped moving around and I was able to like make and, and keep friends and hang out with them outside of school also. And, uh, that's when I learned, uh, of this beautiful thing called alcohol. That was beautiful at the time because <laughs> it gave me confidence and, um, and I was able, uh, I was able to to let loose, you know, I was able to um, behave with courage, I thought, you know, um, liquid courage, they call it. Um, and I, uh, there was a time, there was a time where we were, uh, where I was drinking, it was my friend's house. And um, it was one of the first times that I drank. I don't remember the exact first time. I think the first time I drank, I took a sip of beer and was like, oh, this is gross. Um, but I remember the first time I really enjoyed it. And sorry, I ended up, I uh, I had a car and I didn't drive and I thought I was being responsible. So I let a friend drive who was, um, who was the only one not drinking that night. And he ended up wrecking my car. <laughs> he was the sober one. Um, so from that point on, I was like, I'm never letting anyone drive my car. Um, so I drove a lot after drinking. I would drive myself. Uh, and there was a time where I crashed my uh, crashed my car into a tree. I fell asleep. I was 17. 
um, I fell asleep at the wheel while I was driving home. And uh, I woke up in the median of Johnny on Parkway and I hit a tree. And uh, there just happened to be a police woman, a policeman driving by and he pulled over right away. And I had a, a, a weed bowl um, that had flew out of my um, glove compartment. And because um, I think I smoked weed even before I started drinking alcohol. Um, and um, so it flew out of my glove compartment. It was sitting right in the passenger seat. And I see the policeman coming up and I, I quickly threw it on the floor and he was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I just fell asleep. And he's like, um, um, do you have someone coming to help you? And I was like, yes, my parents are on their way. And they're like, he looked me up and down. It was like four in the morning. It was still dark outside. And he looked me up and down and said, okay, are you sure? I said, yes, yes, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, and, um, and he was like, okay, and just left. And then my parents came <laughs> and uh, no police were called, thank God. And, uh, you know, God gave me some grace and probably hoped I would learn a lesson. But, you know, I, I um, it took me a long time to learn this lesson that I have. <laughs> um, so I, I graduated high school. Uh, I'm still, I have this demanding art program at school. And then I'm also partying at, on the weekends with friends and going out as much as I can because, um, you know, I'm just a, a ambitious young lady at that point. I want, I want it all. I want to be, I want to live the double life. You know, I continue to do that through most of my life. Um, when I graduated high school, uh, I met, um, I, I met a, uh, I met a guy and we, um, we were together for maybe about a year um, and then I find out that I'm pregnant and I was 18 years old and, you know, I thought my father was going to abandon me. I thought that, you know, my family's going to disown me and, um, because my, my father, he's, he's, uh, uh, he's from Pakistan and I was raised Muslim. So, uh, and he, you know, he, um, he, he, he married a, a white woman, uh, and his family, kind of, uh, you know, he married her against my, his mother's wishes. Um, not because she was white, but just she didn't like her. So he married her anyway. And then he ended up um, being kicked out of the family, basically. Like, you're, you know, we're going to shun you now. Um, so he, I remember that being a big thing to him. So when I realized, oh no, I'm pregnant, he's going to kick me out of the family. Um, but that's not what happened. Um, I didn't say anything to him at all about being pregnant up until I was like, uh, until I couldn't hide it anymore. There's a point where you just can't hide it. You know? um, and he never said a word to me about it. My brother, my brother uh, had talked to him for me and he was like, yeah, of course I know you think I'm blind. <laughs> um, but he never, you know, never said a word to me about it. I never spoke to him about it. It was like one of those un unspoken things until I had my daughter in the hospital uh, in March, 2006. And, uh, and then he was there and he just hugged me and said, I love you. Um, and I think that was the first time I remember him saying, I love you to me. It was a big deal to me. Um, and since my daughter was born, it was a completely different relationship with my dad. It changed him. Uh, it also changed me. Um, but 
you know, well, while I was pregnant, I didn't drink a sip of alcohol. I was very good. Um, I didn't smoke any marijuana. I didn't do anything at all. Um, and, you know, continuing my journey when I did have my daughter, I remember I was, um, I, you know, when I'd go out drinking with friends and, um, I would, you know, try to pump milk ahead of time and all of this crazy rearranging of counting the hours down, you know, until I can breastfeed again or when I can drink, when I can drink. And, uh, it is it really complicated and already stressful situation. Um, and whatever release I thought it was giving me, <laughs> um, and, I, um, once my daughter, you know, got older, um, I, I, I stayed at home, um, cause I didn't marry my daughter's father. Um, he was, he, I couldn't understand why he would get paid on Friday and I wouldn't see him till Monday. You know, I was very naive and, um, he really kept from me that he was doing drugs and, um, he was smoking curve. I always took advantage of the fact that my parents were, were home and, and had a business at home because I could leave my daughter at any time uh, and they'd be there to, to babysit. And um, that really opened up uh, a way for me to be a full-time, you know, full-time drinker and going on throughout my, um, throughout my uh, college, I drank heavy and, uh, would work, you know, I worked at home with the business. I would take care of my daughter, um, best I could hung over usually <laughs> and, uh, and, and would, would, would party, you know? So, um, as I graduated high school, uh, I mean, graduated college, I, um, I started traveling more and doing, going to music festivals and, you know, other drugs were introduced and I, um, uh, my drug of choice was ecstasy. And I just thought it was the best thing that's ever happened, you know, and uh, that's all I wanted to do. So every weekend um, I was, I ended up being a half, a half part-time mom, you know, and a full-time partier. And I didn't think I was hurting anyone else because she had adults with her. She had adults taking care of her, um, but she really didn't have her mom. Um, and, um, I never really uh, learned to deal and to seek God um, during times of strife. You know, I looked at God and uh, and religions more like um, more at, a, at an academic point of view. You know, I never really attempted having a personal relationship with God. You know, I always waited for that moment uh, to to the billboard. I used to wait for uh, him to uh, um, um, hit me on the side of my head <laughs> um, to show himself. But uh, it, w it wasn't until um, things got real dark for me uh, that I started to seek him. Um, I had, I met, I met a guy, um, I met another guy and had a, uh, had a nine year relationship with him and he was, uh, he, he was an addict and I, um, I thought that I could show him how to, how to balance it, how he can do it on the weekends instead of struggling. I'm like, you know, uh, I'll, I'll show him how it's done. <laughs> and of course I could not do that. Um, and, um, I ended up, I ended up, my daughter's getting older at this point and I didn't want her to see, um, 
that lifestyle. I didn't want to see her. I didn't want her to see me using drugs. So um, I ended up spending more time at my boyfriend's house than at home. Um, and then when COVID hit, it came to a point where, um, you know, I had to choose. And I, I knew that because um, my mother living at home, she was older. So I knew that if I, um, if I didn't make, if, if I chose to be at home with my family and my daughter, um, that I would eventually end up sneaking in and out to get drugs. And, um, and I would end up bringing COVID back and probably get them sick. So I said, you know what, I'm just gonna, I've been staying uh, most of the week at his house. So I'm just going to keep at his house and I'm going to um, quarantine that way. So I ended up spending less and less time from my family and I ended up um, getting more and more isolated and, uh, and into more and more darkness. And it got to a point where um, I was, I was driving uh, someone's car. Um, someone handed me the keys to drive and I was like, great, thank you very much. And, um, I ended up gone for more than 24 hours with the car. So the police did find, did uh, pull me over and I, I got arrested. Um, and I had paraphernalia, uh, possession of cocaine. It was, um, it was, it was ugly. And my father had been waiting for me to come home, you know, waiting for me to be done with this guy and done, done with this lifestyle. And, um, so when I called him from jail, he was, he was happy. He's like, all right are you ready to go? Uh, but you have to cut ties with, um, with him and you have to cut ties. Um, you have to just, you have to, you have to get better, you know? And, um, so I was like, fine, I'll go to rehab. Let me do this. You know, like I'm sick of this, um, isolation, I'm sick of this darkness, you know? And, um, so I went to rehab and, you know, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I went in July of last year, and um, um, I learned how to actually take um, take time for to heal. You know, I was such a go 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 person. You know, uh, if something hurts, you just bottle it down and just uh, just ignore it the best you can. Um, and that got me nowhere. <laughs> um, so I learned. I learned. Um, I started reconnecting with my roots in rehab and I decided that I wanted to, to, um, to actually learn how to pray and use, um, not just, you know, not just say I was, but I, I really wanted to seek that relationship with God. Um, and I, there's not a lot of, not, not a lot of Muslim recovery, uh, programs. So I started when I got out of rehab, um, I knew I needed something, um, I, I knew that I couldn't go back. I had to change everything. I had to change who I spoke to, who I had kept around my friends. I had to change my routine. Um, you know, and rehab, they make you get up early. Uh, and I started being, I started enjoying that. So when I got out of rehab, I found myself in an early AA meeting, uh, which was Celebrate the Morning, which is my home group now. And uh, I knew that that would make me get up early so I could keep this routine. Um, cause I didn't want to fall back into my old ways. Um, and when I, um, when I got out, when I came home, um, I seeked a friend who, uh, I knew had a year of sobriety and, um, and he brought me to my first AA group, uh, meeting in person, um, outside of rehab. Cause they brought us to seven Tampa. Um, and I 
I didn't like it. I did not like AA at first, you guys. <laughs> I was sitting in the back of the room with my hoodie on. I was like, oh my gosh, these people, why do they just want to talk about how bad it was? You know, <laughs> how depressing. This is terrible. Um, and, uh, and at that time, I, I had not surrendered. I had not, I was in complete denial. And um, um, it, it took, uh, it took, uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't know if it was, the, I think it was a combination of rehab and uh, and AA. But when I got out, I went to Westside Club and I met, um, I met a lady, Jenny, there. And she had a little pink strip in her hair. And I was like, oh, that's that's, that's my girl right there. That's my sponsor. Um, and uh, so I, I knew I had to find a sponsor and I wanted to do it right away. I wasn't going to sit and just hang out at the meetings. Cause I knew I didn't, I didn't, I didn't enjoy the meetings at first, you know? So I'm like, let me just hurry up and get through these steps and get out of here. <laughs> let me, let me let them teach me how to drink properly. You know? <laughs> and boy, was I wrong. Um, I, uh, I ended up finding relationship with God through those steps. And, um, and I'm so thankful if I would have known, uh, I would have, uh, I don't know, maybe I would have been too scared and ran off, but I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that uh, AA does things the way they do, little by little. You know, we gently, um, we gently restore those to sanity, and uh, <laughs> well, God does the work actually. Um, but so uh, she uh, she asked me how's my relationship with God, and I went into a whole thing about well, I was raised Muslim, and then I converted to Christianity. And then I started studying uh, all the different religions. And I, I thought I was one of, I was a Hindu at one point. I was a, uh, uh, I was a, a Wiccan at one point. I was this, I was, and she goes, okay, okay. Just, you believe in God, right? I'm like, yes. And she's like, that's all you need. So, you know, the, the good thing about this program is you can have your God of your understanding. <laughs> and um, so she, she's, she, we started, uh, we started reading right away and my mind was blown away. With, uh, with more about alcoholism, with the whole addiction cycle that I learned about in rehab because um, I I never took the time to learn. Although I had, an, you know, my daughter's father <clears throat> was an addict. I had friends who were struggling through addiction and their parents, and I never took the time to actually learn about it as if I could be myself, you know? Um, so when I actually... Uh, actually started reading the, the book and actually learning uh, that I was an addict and that I was an alcoholic. It took on a whole new meaning and um, and that's surrendering, um, believing in a power greater than myself and learning to trust God was so transforming for me because I was so self-reliant and I knew uh, if I didn't know the solution, I'd find the solution, you know. I was so self-will driven um, and I would have backup plans for my backup plans <laughs> uh, and wonder why they don't work. Uh, so when I am um, learning to trust God is something that I, you know, I'm still growing that and we all, we all grow that, you know, I don't think you're ever fully, we don't ever complete that, you know, it's an ongoing relationship, um, but it's so important, I think. Um, because for me, I learned mistrust at some parts in my life, you know, 
And um, especially when it comes to love and relationships and, um, you know, um, so to learn to trust people again is really hard, you know? Um, so I told myself, okay, well, let me learn. How about I just learn? Let me start with God. God has always been there for me. Um, he's not going anywhere. So let me start learning how to trust again through him. And, uh, and it's something that I, I continue with today. Um, so then we started on our in the inventory, which was uh, step four. And um, she, she told me, she broke it down and she said, okay, just give, make me a list of your resentments. And I did. And then, she, uh, and then she said, okay, well, um, that's it. I had like six people, you know, she's like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, my family and myself, I put first. She goes, all right, so do a little more work. How about people in institute or how about institutions and principles and things like that? Well, not just people you're mad at, you know? Um, so I had everyone. So I came back with a long list. I had the school system on there. I had uh, politics on there. I had all kinds of stuff. Um, and I started just kind of uncovering. Um, I uncovered those fears eventually. She told me, come back next week with this column. Come back next week with the last column. And um, she broke it down for me. And uh, and when I when I learned it was it was my fears that drove me to act and react in certain ways. I was, I was, um, I was blown away and I was so thankful to have my sponsor there to have another woman who understood what I was going through and what I had been through. Um, and to have someone who's strong enough to say, okay, you did it, but you know, you, she also highlighted some good things about me too. She didn't just let me dog myself you know she said well it sounds like you just want to save the world don't you you know you love you um so that was um that was that was a big step for me because I didn't talk about my problems to anyone I, didn't, I wanted to be Miss Perfect um I didn't want to appear weak and vulnerable and um I didn't have a good experience uh, talking about my deep my deep uh, feelings, you know? Uh, so it was hard for me to trust and, and do it, but I did. I didn't let, leave anything out. I wanted to do this program very thoroughly. Um, and um, so when we did steps six and seven, which I thought were beautiful, um, that I got, I get a clean slate, you know, that God can, that God can wipe that away and I can be as, uh, I have a clean slate as long as I know what my defects are and I know not to return to those. I got to be honest from now on. Um, and I can no longer blame my parents. I can no longer blame um, the abusive men. I can no longer blame my ignorance, you know, because now I don't put myself in those situations. Now um, I'm, I'm not ignorant anymore. I know. So if I choose to do the wrong thing, it's my choice. I can't from anyone else. And um, that was the main thing I learned from steps six and seven. Uh, if I choose to be dishonest, self-seeking, um, uh, then I have no one to blame but myself. <laughs> um, but the, uh, and then making the amends, I thought were going to be so hard. I was, I didn't want to admit things uh, to my family, and I thought that. Um, 
you know, I thought I was going to, I thought I deserved to hear it, you know? And, um, you know, my family, uh, my family was so forgiving. My dad was like, there's nothing to forgive. Just, just move forward from here. Just don't go back to that lifestyle. And I was shocked. I was, I was shocked, but I was also grateful for it. And, um, um, my sister, everyone, everyone, um, everyone's coming together since then and has been such a support for me. And I'm so grateful for that today. Um, whether I thought I deserve it or not, um, it doesn't matter because, you know, God, um, I feel like God, you know, God needs me. You know, my family needs me. Um, I have a purpose here. Um, so once I finished the amends, um, you know, my, my sponsor explained that steps 10, 11, and 12 are something that we do daily. It's something that we continue for our spiritual growth. Uh, it's keeping our personal inventory uh, and really just daily doing it, not waiting for things to pile up and then be like, oh, no. You know, like um, when Muslims pray, we pray five times a day and um, you know, you do it certain times in the day. You don't wait till the end of the day to try to pray all five at one time, <laughs> you know. Um, but once I once I did the steps, um, my uh, my sponsor was like, "Well, now you gotta pass it on. Now you have to give it to someone else. You don't give it, you can't keep it." Um, and she said, "Yeah, now you have to sponsor someone." I said, "Huh? Me? What?" <laughs> Uh, and I, I have, um, I, I, I my hand in meetings and, uh, and I've had, a, a two people come and ask me to be their sponsor. And, um, and it's been a great journey. I'm learning even more with, with them and I keep in close contact with my sponsor. If I am not sure about something, I call her, you know, and I'm like, Hey, so, and, and, and we, I keep a sponsorship family. So these girls I pick up. I bring to the meetings in person. They get to know my sponsor, my sponsor's sponsor. And, uh, and it's a family. It feels like family, you know, and um, we hold each other accountable. Um, and um, it is beautiful. Uh, you know, the relationship that I have with God today um, is it's it's not something I would give up for the world. If I go back out there and 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 use or drink, uh, I'm gonna be spitting on 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 everything he's done for me the past the past the past life. You know, <laughs> I was gonna say the past year. He's been there for me, getting me out uh, of things um, before I woke up and got sober. You know, there were so many times where, uh, by the grace of God, I was blessed with my life again. You know, I had OD'd and uh, I've been in car accidents that were crazy and walked away from them. And uh, it's God knowing that I have a, a greater purpose and making me see that. Um, so I thank you guys for listening to me rant and, and, um, and thank you so much. Alia, thank you so much. Um, what I didn't hear your time. What was your time? Um, a year and three months, two months. Congratulations. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us, which shows you that uh, you too can be a speaker at a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank you very much for sharing your experience, strength, and hope. 
and uh, AA Solution Seekers today. And thank you for joining us on Two Sober Chicks, our podcast. And this is the edition where we are bringing you a different speaker each and every week. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you again next week on Two Sober Chicks. Two Sober Chicks.